Hey guys, welcome to our very first episode of Superhero Updates. I'm your host, Caleb Eisenhood, and I'm assisted by Josh Myers. Hello. And our technical producer is Aaron Majeris. And we just started the podcast to, you know, talk a little bit about superheroes. We're going to talk about Marvel, DC, both movies and TV shows. We won't really get too much into the comics unless there's something major comes up. So let's go ahead and get into it. All right. We're going to go ahead and start off with Doctor Strange because it's obviously the closest thing coming. And it recently premiered overseas and also to local critics. And from my understanding, it's getting very good reviews. Yeah, I've heard that too. It has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. And some of the reviews are stuff like it's imperfect but enjoyable. It but it sure looks good. That was by Allison Wilmore. Another one was. It's visually stunning. There, entertains but never haunts. You know, it's a typical Marvel movie review. I've heard that it has the same problem that a lot of other Marvel movies has, where they don't have that strong of a main villain. Whereas, okay. yeah, it seems like. Marvel always has strong superheroes, and DC has better villains, or something like that. Josh, what is your prediction for the movie? Like, how do you think the movie's going to pan out? Well, I definitely I'm going to enjoy it. I already know that much. I I've enjoyed every Marvel movie basically, so I think this will be a different type of Marvel movie. I don't think that. Definitely. It'll be a movie for everyone because it's, it's just so way out. So it's so out there. It's so different. So I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. Interesting to see. Yeah, I kind of think it's going to fall. You always hear around like Inception, Interstellar, stuff like that. You kind of think that, you know, not everyone's going to like it. But if you're a true comic book fan, if you're a superhero movie fan, and you're going to like really understand what's going on then I don't think there's any way that you can't like it. Less of it is a load of crap. Yeah. Which, hopefully it's not. All right, we're going to go ahead and move on to... We had a couple pretty kick-ass trailers that dropped last week. Those were, obviously, The Wolverine and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. What do you think of Wolverine trailer, Josh? I've probably watched it 40 times, and... I absolutely love the trailer. It's just it, it's it's such a. It kind of reminds me of like a, like a western movie. You got the a lot of desert scenery. Johnny Cash song playing in the background, and I, I just I'm really excited for that one. Hurt by Johnny Cash was the perfect song. I can't think of any better song that would have went in with it. And one thing that kind of doesn't make sense mm-hmm. is we've always heard fans want an R-rated Wolverine movie, especially since Deadpool came out. We want to see him kill people like he's never has before, curse like he never has before. But yet, this one is finally R-rated. It's Hugh Jackman's last X-Men movie. But yet, it almost seems like it's going to be a family movie based off the trailer. Why do you think that is? I don't know if it's necessarily that. I don't. I think. I think they're just kind of showing more of his family because he's been a loner his whole life. So I don't know if they're more advertising to a family whereas they're just trying to show his aspect of a family if that makes sense so 
pretty much you're thinking that they're going to show a personal side of Wolverine. Yeah. That makes sense because if anyone has ever seen the X-Men, he's always tough. The first one, he was hard trying to get to know Rogue. And then there's Jean Grey throughout their sequel. And he's never really had that true friend. But I think finally him and Professor X are really going to get tight. Well, if you look, even throughout the movies, everything he's called a family has died. You know, his, his dad died when he was a kid. You know, his... his uh, you know, all of the other X-Men, they, you know, it mentions in the trailer, they're, all the mutants, they're gone. So every everyone that he's ever loved and cared about is basically dead. And now there's this little girl that's, you know, a clone of him. Well, that's yeah the idea. X, so. The X-23 serum. Yeah. And one thing that, like, I found the most touching is pretty much, if you know the Old Man comic series, then... Professor X is older, obviously, and he can't really control his powers anymore. He's getting, like, he's losing his memories, kind of senile, and he ends up being a danger to everyone. And I just found it really captivating that he, that Wolverine is pretty much taking care of Professor X throughout this entire movie. And that's all Wolverine wants to look forward to. That's all he wants. But yet, there's this little girl who comes along, and Charles Xavier won't let Wolverine without leave without her. Yeah. So then we have a little bit of a lighter note. Guardians of the Galaxy two trailer came out. It was awesome. Yeah, that's. And most people probably don't even care about the trailer honestly anymore. The real winner here is Baby Groot. Yeah. Do. I've heard different theories like that he'll only be Baby Groot a little while or he'll be Baby Groot the entire movie. Like, how much of a story do you think is going to actually go into him being Baby Groot? I wouldn't say he's going to get much more of a story than last time. You know, it's centered around the entire Guardians. I, yeah. I, I was just... There's not really a whole lot that he can do, honestly. You know, just... Apparently, in one of the senior Comic Con trailers, like there are scenes where he was sneaking in and out of stuff. He tried to find Yondu's fin, and he kept coming back with like the wrong things. Apparently, it was a pretty funny scene. We haven't got to see it yet. So I think that they're going. Baby Groot's definitely a marketing magnet. Oh yeah. They're going to sell so many toys and everything. But I think as soon as the big bag rises to power, they're like. Eventually, he'll definitely turn into regular size Groot so he can kick some ass. And then there's the other storyline where Peter and Gamora is having their love troubles, which, whether you like it or not, that's love story is part of every movie, it seems like. Yeah. You have to have that in there. But there's still a comedic side of things where you have. Drax, the destroyer, telling him that he need, needs to find a pathetic girl like her. Stuff like that. Hopefully, from my understanding, this is just a very shortened preview of the trailer. Yeah, they're supposed to... Well, I've heard they're supposed to come out with another trailer before the year ends, at least. So maybe it'll expand more on both of these stories. And we want to talk briefly on Thor Ragnarok. And... It just recently wrapped filming. I think it was last week or the week before. And the first two Thor movies were some fan favorites, but the a lot of critics didn't like them. A lot of 
Marvel comic backers didn't like them. There's a lot of inconsistency with them. I have to say, though, of all the movies coming out in the next few years, this is probably my least favorite movie I'm, I'm excited for. See, I'm, I'm excited to see it, don't get me wrong. But it's just... Thor is such a hard character, and like his, his background is... Because it's, Captain America, you know, we know what like World War II scene looked like. You know, we can... We can remake that. And we know what New York City looks like and all this. But Asgard, he had to completely make it up. You know, all these people, all these characters that make up. And... It's less realistic. Yeah. It, it... I'll give that to you. But the one thing that is drawing me to is Tika Watiki. If you guys don't know who it is, he's the Indian friend from Green Lantern. Which, I'll have you, like, it was a pretty bad movie. I happen to like it. But he was the funny little friend of Hal Jordan. But he directs now, and apparently he's really good at it. And he said that he wanted to make Thor cool again. Took one out of the book of Donald Trump, kind of, but I dig it. And I kind of like what they're saying. Like, they're going to do more of an 80s theme, almost. I don't know how that's going to fit in. Yeah. I'm sure they know what they're doing, or hopefully know what they're doing. They're, we might see a little bit of a Planet Hulk sighting. That'd be cool. So... Josh, I know one of your favorite superhero movies of all time was Deadpool. Yeah. There's problems with the sequel. Supposedly. I'll go and get into what the problems are, and then you can tell the listeners your theory. Oh, yeah. So apparently Ryan Reynolds and the director, I think his name's Tim Miller, were having some artistic differences. From my understanding, Ryan Reynolds wanted it to be more just like the last movie, cheap budget, make it down to earth, you know, typical like grimy Merc stuff. And Miller wanted it to be this huge budget CGI, typical Marvel movie, which I have to say, like, I have to agree with Ryan Reynolds here that part of the reason that made Deadpool so much fun is that. It was almost realistic, other yeah. than the fact that he could regenerate. Yeah. There was no, like, special blowing up a city, stuff like that. So, what's your theory on the whole thing? See, I think this whole 10 minute leaving is just complete bullshit. I mean, here's why I think that. That fits the type of movie that they're trying to make. You know, it's just completely unorganized. You know, that's kind of like how Deadpool works. He's completely unorganized. Just, And I also think, or the reason I think this is April Fool's 2015, Ryan Reynolds comes on Twitter and says that Deadpool's going to be ra- rated PG-13. Fans go absolutely crazy. So I don't, I don't see why this wouldn't just be another, you know, just mess Mark- with the fans kind of thing, you know. Kind of like a marketing scheme. Yeah, in a way. But, you know, we'll see. I'm starting to think that less as the days go on but we'll see yeah i think definitely now that it's been a couple weeks since that's happened that it might be true but i think that they're finding a better director than this nobody tim miller guy i'm sorry i don't know anything that he's ever done and now there's rumors of like quentin tarantino directing it ones like that and i'm sorry that'd be amazing then the one question that seems to be floating around still is who will play Cable? And if you watch the end credit scenes of the first Deadpool, then he mentions Mel Gibson. But 
ever since then there hasn't been really any ties of that and for those of you who don't know cable is pretty much deadpool's sidekick he's this old kind of an older guy right he is the son of cyclops and gene gray from the future so he time travels mm-hmm. which deadpool also time travels in the comic books but so we're going to see how they work that in but one name that's definitely been flirting floating around is Kyle Chandler which we got news that they tested him for cable I think it was early August and it seemed like everything was locked and whatnot but that seems to have been given by wayside they never signed him on they never announced anything and especially with um, Miller leaving now that might be gone yeah I, I um Kyle Chandler, he was in a TV show I watched, Friday Night Lights, and he played this character pretty much the exact opposite from a, a cable character. You know, he, he was the coach, and he was this disciplinary role. That, yeah, and like, I just don't see him playing a character like Cable. That he didn't really, he doesn't look like the character. Yeah, I mean, you could you could change that and shit. So, but, like, I, I was thinking of a few fan theories of who I might want to be Cable. So, one of them I was thinking of is Ron Perriman. And that name probably doesn't sound familiar to most, but go ahead and Google him. It's probably on your screen right now. But this is one big, badass dude. He's not too pretty on the eyes, but he's Cable. (laughs) And then another one that you guys will probably like, you Walking Dead fans, what if Negan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, were to play Cable? I know he's already in D.C., but that was just as Thomas Wayne. What do you think about that, Josh? Well, he's a good actor. I'll give him that. But the only thing I'd be ever afraid of is if D.C. came out with a Flashpoint movie where Thomas would be the Batman. So that means that D.C. would have to use Jeffrey D. Morgan in that movie so he wouldn't be available for the Marvel movie. That makes sense. But I would as if you don't if you don't look at it that way, I think he'd be a decent cable. Yeah. Alright, we're gonna go ahead and move into some of the Marvel TV news. There isn't too much, but the most recent news is Josh, what's going on with Ghost Rider and Agents of Shield? I know you're keeping up with that show. I'm well, trying to catch up. He is just kicking ass and taking names. I absolutely love this Ghost Rider. I I wasn't sold whenever they went with Robbie Reyes over, uh, can't think of the guy's name. Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze, yeah. But now that I'm seeing it on screen, I really like it. And they actually had a uh, Johnny Blaze Easter egg in the last S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. They were in like a basement or something, and they saw a poster from the circus that Johnny Blaze did stunts in. And underneath the poster was a motorcycle part and a leather jacket. So they they might end up doing a Johnny Blaze in the MCU at one point, but I'm going to say no that'd be pretty sweet and there's been a few like scenes leaked for the punisher like just pictures stuff like that and he looks intense oh yeah his beard's grown out his hair's crazy this is definitely the number one tv show i'm looking forward to the most and i'm really also really happy that uh the actress who plays karen page she will be in the tv show too she's seen on set yeah, I so. I definitely like their relationship in the second season, Daredevil. You couldn't tell if she they liked loved each other or yeah. hate each other, but they definitely worked together on 
scene. And since we have those two together, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, what's the possibility of getting a Punisher on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or a Ghost Rider on the Punisher? Well, supposedly Punisher is supposed to make an appearance on S.H.I.E.L.D. toward the end of the season, so I've heard. And I know none of that might make any sense. You know, two completely different networks. One's on Netflix, one's on ABC. But still, they're all controlled by Marvel. Yeah. And from our understanding, this is all happening among the MCU when all these movies are taking place. Yeah. So, it's not completely out of the question. And what I'd be excited to see is in the comics... Ghost Rider does a penance there on the Punisher and it has no effect on the Punisher. Because he doesn't, he doesn't have any regrets. Exactly. And I would be I would love to see that. Alright, we're gonna go ahead and move on to DC for all you Marvel haters and DC fans. It's alright to be both. It doesn't matter. There isn't too much news coming out here. Ever since they dropped the Justice League trailer back in July, they've been kind of quiet. They're just focusing on filming. That's probably a good thing. But a picture came out of Steppenwolf, to, and apparently he's going to be the main villain. Yeah. And apparently this looks nothing like he does in the comics. No, it doesn't at all. In the comics, he's more of a regular human-looking person, and this thing, he he reminds me of... I forget what his technical term is, but the first Thor movie, The Destroyer. I yeah. Mean, he looks just like it almost, only with horns. Yeah. So, obviously, they're going to make it pretty awesome. But there's a deleted scene in Batman vs. Superman where Lex Luthor is rumored to be actually talking to Steppenwolf and kind of inviting him to come to Earth. And I'm hoping that they kind of play that in a little bit. But if they were to play it in, I feel like it wouldn't make the final cut, right? Yeah. So we'll just have to see what comes from there. And when it comes to the Justice League, we have six now, right? We have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, Cyborg. Cyborg, that's right. And then there's seven in the Justice League. We're thinking either Green Lantern and or Martian Manhunter. And there's this fan theory running around. Josh, I think you're a believer of it. Well, there's the general. I don't know his name, but he was a big part of Man of Steel. And he was in Batman vs Superman. Yeah, and at least in the Supergirl TV show, they do basically the same concept where you know there's this high government authority figure, and it turns out to be John Jones, Martian Manhunter. So I, I expect them to do something like that on on the big screen with that general. He's the African-American general. If you go back and watch either one of the movies, you'll know exactly who we're talking about. And it kind of makes sense, although the actor has mentioned before that as of right now, there's no Martian Manhunter, stuff like that, but he would definitely be open to it. So we don't know how much of that's true or not. He might not be even allowed to say. So we trying to look that up. Calvin Swanwick. That's the general's name. Yes. So, if you guys know who we're talking about, you might already know the theory. You might think it's crap. Who knows? But, recent news that broke out, I think it was yesterday, that another director has been lost to the world. This time, The Flash. The movie. And this is actually the second director that they've been through. Their director just 
creative differences from my understanding. They the producers didn't like the story he put out, you know, just general stuff like that. So, what do you think is going to happen with the Flash movie? Is there going to be a pushback date, or are they going to try to rush it? Or I don't think a whole lot's been done with the movie so far, so there's no reason to push it back yet. And they might have... I think they're just really casting people at this point, so there's no real reason to push it back yet. Yeah, I mean, it's not supposed to come out till 2018, I think. So, we'll see what happens with there. And... Josh, I'm going to leave you for DC TV shows. I mean, I watch The Flash, but you watch them all. Yep. Well, uh, Supergirl had a big moment last week where they introduced the character Miss Martian, who is the niece of Martian Manhunter. So I'm all, I'm really, really excited to see her. That's neat. Yeah. And going to The Flash, the introduction of Jesse Quick. She... I don't know a whole lot about her character, but... She's pretty much a speedster. Yeah, right? yeah, she basically. So now we have her, Jay Garrick, the regular Flash, and kind of Kid Flash in a way. I've actually just heard a theory today that Wally West, Kid Flash, might be turned into somewhat of a supervillain. He'll go to that doctor that's been trying to turn them from the previous life back into their superheroes... And Wally really wants to be a superhero. He's starting to get jealous. He's jealous of Jesse. Barry told him that he was a superhero, that he did have his speed. He almost tried to kill himself just to try to get the speed. Mm -hmm. So he's pretty desperate right now. And we're kind of worried with his dark past to begin with that he might be willing to fight the Flash if, you know, pretty much be an assistant to their current villain. So now let's talk a little bit about Arrow. Well, Arrow, not a whole lot's been happening. You know, I'm not, Arrow's kind of let me down the past two seasons. But one question I have is, who is Prometheus, the villain archer? There's a couple names floating around. Guys like, I'm not sure of his name, but he is, he's, he's, he's been helping Oliver with the whole marriage job. But see, I think that it is Tommy Merlin. And if you remember, I think it was season one or season two, a building fell on Tommy Merlin, and Tommy and Oliver were good friends at the time. And everyone thought he was dead, and I, I think he's going to make a comeback this season as the villain Prometheus. That's intense. And moving to Legends of Tomorrow, the last DC show. One thing that I found very interesting was when Firestorm was exploring the ship, they found a message from Barry Allen in 2056. Oh. So he's about 60 years old at this point. And the base, message basically says, don't let your crew hear this, and then they don't actually show us the message. So there's going to be a couple episodes before they ever tell us what that is. I'm very, very, very eager to find out what Barry told the rest of the crew. I love how they do like that time travel stuff, because you don't expect it most of the time. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and move on to a little section that Josh and I kind of thought up, and we're kind of calling it the comic character of the week. And pretty much what we're going to do is trying to look up, it could be just a random character, it could make sense to what we're talking about, just any hero in either one of the universe, or villain for that matter, and just shed some light on who they really are. We're going to try to stare away from the more well-known ones like Captain America, Batman, stuff like that. 
So Josh went and picked this one out, and who are we going for? Character Moon Knight. Tell us a little bit about Moon Knight. Well, Moon Knight is from the company Marvel. His identity is Mark Spector. He was born in Chicago. Spector was a heavyweight boxer, U.S. Marine, and a mercenary. While working in Egypt, his group stumbled on an archaeological dig, which uncovered an ancient temple and the statue of Egyptian moon god Khonshu, Khonshu, something like that. Spectre loses a fight to fellow member of his group, Raoul Bushman, and left to die there. Native Egyptians find Spectre and carry him into the temple. When left to the statue's feet, Spectre's heart stops, and Kunshu comes to Spectre in a vision, offering him a second chance at life if he becomes the god's avatar on Earth. Spectre eventually defeats Bushman and returns to the U.S., where he takes up the mantle Moon Knight. While in combat, Moon Knight chooses not to block. He prefers to take a beating instead. Taskmaster character who can copy anyone's fighting techniques claims that Moon Knight's fighting style is his least favorite. Unlike his DC counterpart Batman, who hides in the shadows in his dark uniform, Moon Knight wears an all-white costume because he likes to be seen coming. Moon Knight also has no problem crippling offenders, and on some occasion, if he finds a repeat offender, they will receive the mark of the Moon Knight. That's when he brands a crescent moon into the person's forehead. One reason he's such a loose cannon is because he suffers from multiple personality disorder. One being billionaire Stephen Grant and the other cabbie Jake Lockie. He's been on a couple of notable teams, the Avengers, the West Coast Avengers, Defenders, Heroes for Hire, Horsemen of the Apocalypse, Marvel Knights, and the Secret Avengers. A couple of his notable villains are Bushman, Doc Ock, Hobgoblin, Sandman, Taskmaster, and Venom. Abilities, Moon Knight gains enhanced strength, endurance, and reflexes at night, reaching his full power when the moon is at his highest. He's a skilled boxer, commando, martial artist, acrobat, gymnast, and pilot. And one of Moon Knight's best weapons will be his crescent blades, which are very similar to Batman's batterings. There also have been talks recently of possible Moon Knight Netflix series that would tie in with Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist. Possibly like a Marvel Knights type TV show, but okay. I really, really hope that series would happen. Yeah. So I, I've heard, re- like, you know. Josh said that he's always compared to Batman, which he might have been ripped off, but it seems like they're giving and taking a little bit. Like, he has the steel that's kind of like the Batarang, but in Batman vs. Superman, Batman was branding people with the Bat symbol. Yeah. Which was, from my understanding, originally a Moon Knight thing. Yeah. So. He he is a basically a direct copy of Batman, you know, to be honest. But I think he is extremely different from Batman in a couple of different ways. You know, the white costume. He will, well, let's not take in Donna Justice Batman because regular Batman is not supposed to kill people. It's my biggest thing, Donna Justice. But on the other hand, Moon Knight will kill people if he has to. He, okay. he He's not afraid to do that. So that's pretty much your favorite superhero, right? One of my favorite underrated superheroes. Okay. So... You have anything else? Uh, I don't think so. All right, that's it for us today, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.